0: Welcome to Created Called Courageous. These podcasts are aimed at the center of a man's heart. What do men need to talk about with each other? What lies down deep in men's hearts? The words of Proverbs 20, verse 5 come to mind. Quote, the purposes of a man's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. We want to tap into those deep waters in the male heart. This episode is called The Standard. It talks about an important part of a man's deep purpose in life. How do we understand our purpose as men? How do we intentionally encourage our growth as Christ-centered leaders? What obstacles are in our way? We are Ben Harris, Daryl Mackey, and Dave Hulse. Here comes the standard. You may begin.
1: (laughs) Somewhere along the line, Each man establishes an invisible bar he strives to live up to. While not all of us are aware of this, it's undeniable we live under the
0: relentless burden and weight of this bar above us. It's the constant feeling of being behind with everything. It's the voice that tells us we should be
1: better and aren't doing enough. It's the mistakes we make, the daily tasks we don't
0: complete, and the relationships we have that are distant. We rarely, if ever, reach the bar and if we do get close, it typically rises as to not be touched. Not to be touched. For years, I
1: lived under the weight that my relationship with God was solely based on meeting the standard of a good Christian. For me, it was a checklist, something like you would find on your fridge. It included things like spending time in the Word every day, praying every
2: night before bed, going to church every Sunday. Do I really need to continue? Do I
1: really need? We all carry these lists, but unlike the list on your fridge, regardless if you complete a task or not, the entire list resets each morning and carries a
0: heavy consequence of what not. completed. It's exhausting, and it can be devastating through all aspects of our lives if we don't catch and correct it early enough. Ben and Daryl, are we saying there is a deep place in our hearts where we are struggling with some kind of embedded code or standard to live by? Ben writes that the standard is a burden and it's undeniable. We all have it. Tell us more about the standard and how it disables. is a man
2: of God asking what is the meaning of it all and what are we supposed to do with our lives? And how are we supposed to be? What's the what's the standard we're supposed to work towards? There's a tension in the Christian part between we are love and we are unworthy. The reality in my experience is that we definitely are unworthy. And that God is a righteous judge. He's so far beyond us in his righteousness. And the reality is also that God has destroyed the world before with flood and with fire and he's destroyed cities and you know we read about the revelation judgment so all of that is real and we're not deserving of probably anything more than that but yet we are loved so i don't know how to overcome that or where to place my emphasis right i mean i can just emphasize the love of god all the time and just act like the reality of all of the judgment of god in the past and present and future doesn't exist in our lives but i think we're remiss if we do that so the best two stories in the Bible that I could think of that, are, that hold that tension as examples for me would be the story of the parable of the talent, where the guy is given some sort of money or talent or time or investment by God, and he kind of doesn't do what he's supposed to do with it. Whether he knew it or not, there was something he was supposed to do with a standard he was supposed to achieve with that gift of God. And he didn't do it. And he was judged severely. It was taken from him and given to somebody else. And I'm trying to balance that with the concept of the prodigal son, where the the guy goes off and certainly doesn't live up to the standard, takes his inheritance and goes and squanders it, and then comes back. And then the father's there with wide open arms embracing Mm -hmm. him. And it, it seems like it's hard to reconcile those two, or it's hard to know how we're going to be treated as men when we fail to achieve the the standard that's set before us you know that standard is christ keeping those those things in tension knowing that we are
1: unworthy but he's also gracious
2: i think the word tension is
1: kind of perfectly describes what we're talking about here i mean even our past conversations that we've been having versus this conversation that we're about to have here i think there's some tension right We've been talking about the call, going out and building, going and doing. We've been having those kind of conversations. And then we hit this message where it's kind of stop, just stop, it's not about what you do. And so there's that tension there. I think the other word that comes to my mind is pressure. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves in many aspects of our lives, be it with bosses, be it with our wives, different things in our lives. We build on the pressure on, on top of us. And I think part of the problem is, is that we carry that pressure into our faith. And so one of the images, I know there's different images that you know in this writing, but one of the images that comes to my mind is going to the gym and I'm no by by no means a weightlifter here, but you know you're standing or lying down under the bar about to lift it up and the weights just keep getting piled on on either side and it just becomes more and more hard to push up, right? Mm-hmm. So tension, pressure, these are um, these are the words that I think we're going to dive
0: into a little further here. Mm-hmm. What are some specifics, Ben, that you wrote? Uh, we just listened to the, the clip there. Just a few of the specific terms that you use, like an invisible bar is one uh, that we strive to live up to. You mentioned a relentless burden and weight of the bar above us, constantly feeling that we're behind in everything. What are some other things that you might have highlighted for us, just to go over again so we remember what you said in the, in the clip? About what is the standard in your mind? One of the
1: phrases in there is it's it's kind of like a checklist Mm, that I keep in my mind, right? When I wake up in the morning, I kind of have this checklist in my mind of things that I feel I need to complete by the end of the day. Of course, some of them are practical things that we need to do just to keep, you know, things running, keep a job, right? Like I need to be at work at a certain time. I need to perform to a certain level. At my job to keep my job, like those things are obvious. But where it begins to get a little concerning, and where I think we start to feel maybe the most exhaustion is when, on top of all of that, we start to have these checklists in our mind with regards to um, our walk with God, and it feels like there's just too many things on the list to get completed in a day. We hit the end of the day, and it just like the it, it says there, we just constantly
0: feel behind. I think um one of the things that really hits me about that description of the standard or the bar where you say we have accepted in our lives that there is this standard that directs our lives in some way or other that disables us too as men. This idea of having accepted this in our lives is a dangerous idea. It says to me that we haven't really even thought it through that clearly. It's just become like a, a kind of a conditioning growing up in probably in the Christian home or church, there's a conditioning that we have accepted. And that's a dangerous thing when we accept that and and don't think it through. Uh, You say the standard is exhausting, can be devastating. And then you say, if we don't catch and correct it, which says to me, this conditioning that we have, this acceptance we have of some crazy standard that isn't God's standard necessarily, that we've accepted it as part of our conditioning. And we do have to do something about it. We just can't have a status quo live with it. There's there's something to do to catch it and correct it. Just the last thing I I thought it was interesting where you said that part of that standard idea is we have this idea that you are a failure, you're not good enough, you're less than, and it leads to a downward spiral. For me, I see, I'm just going to mention, I see this standard is it's like a ladder that we're trying to climb every day. We work hard to climb the steps of the ladder, we finally get close to the top, and lo and behold, there are even more steps to climb. We never do get there.
2: to Do I really need to continue? Do I really need to continue? Do I really need to continue?
0: Do it's I really exhausting. Continue? For years I lived out of the way that my relationship with God was solely based on meeting the standards of a good Christian. As as the bar is the standard we have accepted in our lives, spending time in the Word every day, praying every night before
2: bed, going to church every Sunday. Right. Do I really need to continue? Do I really need to continue? Do I really need to continue? And you can be sure it will not be completed. When this happens, you will hear, You are a failure. Not good enough. Less than let the downward spiral begin. Not good, alien. Not good,
1: alien. Not good, alien. But there's always tomorrow to start the entire cycle again. Maybe tomorrow we will be successful. Right, right. Men love this because they are cut and dry. Tasks are either complete or not. Right. Completed lists give us a feeling of accomplishment. Right. But give a man a task that he can use to fail at and eventually he just throws in the towel. Because the
2: feeling of inadequacy far outweighs the desire to try and keep up. Could we just stop and
0: take a deep breath for a moment? He pleads with us to relax and simply know we are loved because of who we are. For some reason we have lost sight of or missed completely. One incredibly important factor that changes everything. God is our Father. Our Father. God is our Father. God, God is, is our Father. God is our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Our Father. Our Father.
1: Our Father. He isn't keeping a checklist, nor does he want us to be...
2: When you go through the Christian life, you're going through a process of sanctification, right? You're becoming more and more Christ-like ideally as you go along, right? Mm -hmm. So you kind of maybe look back in your life and you could look back for your Christian or look back at your wild days and say, okay, well, maybe I have come a long way or maybe I'm a little better in some areas. But, you know, the standard is kind of a idealized comparison that you kind of set yourself up against, right? And I think there's a good reason to have standards, right? So we need to figure out what is the proper standard or what we should measure ourselves against, right? But if we're measuring ourselves to those around us, then we're going to fall short, right? Or others' expectations. Or um, if we compare ourselves to an idealized version of ourselves, then we're going to fall short. One good place to start is, you know, compare yourself to who you were yesterday. That's one place, right? So you have to judge yourself, right? You have to be accountable to yourself, right? You have to Set a standard for yourself. You have to make the decision. What are the goals I'm trying to achieve? Am I going to personally set Christ as my Lord and Savior and follow his way and follow his rules and obey and and all that stuff? You have to make that decision yourself. It's not necessarily made for you. In that respect, you can take some pressure off yourself. Say, okay, I'm not going to compare myself to those around me or to what's going on around me, even in the church or in the world or whatever. I can say, hmm, have I made... Any improvement the past week the past year the past mm-hmm. decade everybody's probably made some improvements. and if you haven't then you can say what are the areas i need to improve on and you can mm-hmm. work on them
0: you're talking about measuring ourselves by ourselves rather than someone else comparing ourselves. you know that idea of comparison to other people reminds me of a story when i was 10 which is a long long time ago i remember at, There was a young lady, I still remember her name, believe it or not, at 10 years old. (laughs) But at 10 years old in our church in Toronto, she was always the model Christian kid, 10. And I remember she got baptized and it just scared the life out of me because I was comparing myself to this young 10-year-old girl and I was never good enough. She was always like the top example of a Christian kid at that time. Point being that we almost can't help it. We almost seem to have to compare our kind of progress to other people. And that's a big mistake. That's something that we really have to unlearn in our lives. Just like Daryl was just saying there, we look for progress in our own lives, but we don't compare to other people because that's not God's standard. The question I'm hearing kind of coming out,
1: well, well, you know, we're talking here is what is the standard? Mm -hmm. Again, we've been conditioned or, you know, we've been taught from a young age. And, you know, to be quite honest, I catch myself sometimes with my boys trying to teach them what it is to walk as a man of God or as a boy Mm -hmm. of God. Right. And I catch myself falling into to do this every day. And if we go back to that image, I kind of was mentioning earlier of kind of uh, the bar with the weights. It's almost like me as a dad i'm just like piling on the weights on my son and he, he's just getting crushed by this bar from a young age we grow up if our experience is being in the church then then we all know what, what we're talking about here um, but even if it's outside of church it's similar things where it be in school or you know d- different places we get these lists of things that you know you're supposed to do to be a good member of society or to be a good Christian or whatever it may be, as the years go on, the lists accumulate and we hold on to those things, right? They don't go away. And so we just the list keeps getting longer and longer. Kind of like you were saying there, Dave, the latter just keeps yeah. It just there's no, no end to it. Right. So
2: it's it's interesting though, because there are some things that you have to do to even achieve a minimal standard of expectations for yourself or relations with other people or standing before god like just dealing with your sons right you don't want to pile on too much and say like if you don't do all these things you're not going to be a good little boy or you're not going to be a, a christian or whatever but there definitely are some things it's not not take you know take the christian life apart you have to you have to eat every day if you're going to starve yourself and i'm not talking like a healthy fasting kind of diet but if you're going to starve yourself you're not going to clean yourself if you're not going to like get some moderate level of exercise or moderate level of relations or interactions with people, then you're going to start, you know, shrinking or diminishing your character and your health. And it is the same in the spiritual realm, the Christian life, right? So some of the things that we outline here, like reading your Bible every day and praying and going to church, do I really have to continue? All those things are paralleled with those basic things you have to do to function in your life as a normal, healthy human being. So the question is, what more do you have to do? Or, you know, what if you don't meet those things? Or who gets to decide what those things are? You know, obviously, whatever we have to do, whatever the reality of the standard of spiritual health or physical health is, it's set by God. So what does God say about what we have to do? And, you know, this this tension again between us just being, being his children, like, your boys will always be your boys but there are some things they have to do like there's things they can do and be bad boys and, and get consequence right and you can be like off the charts bad it's it's not good and maybe you'd accept them back like the prodigal father god sets the standard but the other problem with the like the tension again is that there's other places that we dwell like we dwell in this fleshly realm and we have Wives and they definitely set a standard for us and have expectations for our behavior as men, right? We can't just do anything. We can't just live the bachelor life. Um, come home whenever we want. You know, go out with the boys whenever we want. So, so our wives have standard for us, and just say God completely accepts us and we're His sons. We can sit back and relax. But then the problem is, and we've got our our wives telling us, well, guess what? You're not meeting my standard, buddy. So then there's that reality, and that's important too, like our wives often often speak truth into our lives you know then we have our, our church too and our mm-hmm. church places expectations on it and we can't escape that because we we live in in like in relationship you can't live on an island you can right you can drink coconuts and fish <laughs> and live on an island but it's not ideal right and it's not with God's mm-hmm. design so we're in the church and then that group of people is gonna have certain expectations for you that are often maybe good but maybe just weird Maybe you're like, I don't I don't like these standards. It puts me off or whatever. So what do we do about that? Do you just keep jumping church, church, church till you find one that's like, oh, good. I can just be myself here. You know, I don't know. But the, I mean, the culture has expectations on us. And then, you know, things like social media, like has expectations and it definitely affects different people in different ways. This false reality. We compare ourselves to a standard where we, we got God is our standard, right? And that's what we're looking up to. And that's what we're striving for and moving towards. But we're never going to quite be God. And we don't want to be God, right? We're striving towards the sun. Are we ever going to be like the sun? I mean, that's a good question. I think some ways, yes. But in some ways, we're always going to fall short. There's the law. We fall short of the law. That's why Jesus came to kind of renew it. But, you know, we're luckily living in the age where like the higher law of love transcends that law, and we're striving towards this ambiguous term of love, if if that's the standard, the love, the sacrificial, brotherly, godly love that Jesus displayed for us, and we're kind of marching into that glorious realm, are we able to achieve that standard? I had
0: some uh, some thoughts about what you were just saying, Daryl. The podcast that we're talking through here is called Created, Called, and then Creatus, And I really get a lot of help personally from what uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians, where he doesn't say, this is a list of rules that we have to follow to be Christians. If you do these things, you'll be considered a Christian. He does not say that. He says, um, walk worthy of the calling you have received. The whole idea makes sense to me that it's not a list of rules to follow to somehow please Christ or get ourselves saved. It's not that. It's that when we are called, there's a certain way in which you know we are asked to walk worthy of that calling. And it's important to remember, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 5.18, is we are filled with the Spirit. So I think it's, you know, there's this calling, this standard that we have, that we want to be like Christ, but we can't be that way without the filling of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, has come to indwell us through faith in Christ. Just reading in my Apple's first highest this morning about the uh, Beatitudes. The Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave us is impossible. It's a, it's a standard that's impossible. However, it is possible with the life of Jesus inside us through the Holy Spirit. So there is a standard that we want But it's not before trying to please the Lord with our rules and obeying rules. It's a response to his love, the power of the Spirit of God in us. We want to live by these certain biblical guidelines. Ben, you say um, men love to complete tasks. I think we all agree with that. Uh, What happens when a man doesn't do it right, doesn't make the standard? What happens to that man?
1: Well, I'm going to stick with the analogy I'm carrying along through this podcast here. You know, you're at the gym and you're, you're, sitting under the bar and the (laughs) weights are put on right Mm. and of course every man wants to be the one that pushes it up biggest that's right the biceps are like bulging and you know but when that doesn't happen Mm. and that moment comes where it's like i can't lift this or worse i lift it and i can't get it back on the Mm. the bar and it's coming down i mean i need somebody (laughs) over here now right i think the the feeling is embarrassment Mm. i think the feeling is inadequacy we don't want to be that guy. And I think some of the other things that we've talked about here, we look at some of the other men around us and compare ourselves, right? We compare our muscles to their muscles and say, I want to be able to lift how much he lifts or, you know, those kind of things. Uh, when we can't do that and it continues to happen over and over, what happens? I know for me, if I was somebody that went to the gym, I wouldn't have stopped going to the gym, right? Like that would
0: be, yeah. that would be it for me, right? What Daryl talking about in the marriage, the way that might work out is you might just check out. Yeah. You're just, you know, day after day, you're not making the standard that your wife sets for you. And men do check out emotionally at that point. And Dave, I
2: think that's what might be happening today with men in general. The Bible tells us be anxious for nothing, but you kind of look around and everybody's on medication for their anxiety, right? Why is that? Like, you know, there, there's these standards, like the standard of love is, you know, what we just talked about, or it's like, are we not living up to the law and we're falling short? Or perhaps we're following a standard that's in accordance with the lie of Satan. And as an example, instead of, you know, men of the past trying to be as strong as possible, trying to lift as much, trying to achieve as much, maybe we might be suffering from a, a bit of a different problem. One thing that the lie will tell us is, ah, don't, don't worry about it. You don't really have to do that. You don't have to work hard. And it goes along with the lie that's being told to women these days you can have it all you can have a high paying high powered job and you can have a family too and you can have lots of leisure time you can be really beautiful and you can have a family at the same time all whatever the lies are and then as women are coming in filling that void then men are checking out and men are men are being told a lie like don't worry you don't have to right you can sit in your mm-hmm. basement and play video games you know let, let someone else take care of it another part of that tension you're talking about dave where you know, we have the spirit that mm-hmm that takes us into the places we need to go and we can get to that standard with the help of the Spirit. Another tension I I think that I, I recognize is that There's the tension between the spirit and the will of the self. People have a responsibility somewhat to do the things that God requires of us in accordance with the spirit that calls us and and pulls us along. Whatever the standard is, if it's God himself, Jesus Christ, love, or if it's the truth itself, that is the standard. And I think we have something in our capacity to march towards that step by step, day by day, in our life. And then if we are not walking towards it, to humble ourselves and recognize it and just reset our course and walk towards it again. There's a big circle. Every choice and every option in the whole world is anywhere in that circle. But at the very center is a dot. And that dot is God the Father, Jesus Christ, the truth is pure love. Our responsibility is to move towards that center step by step. Mm-hmm. And you're free to go any direction. You can go one degree off that center, you're not going to hit it, you're going to be off. You need to correct it. There's only one way. When Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me, that's how I visualize that. If you
1: pause and truly reflect on this. there should be a huge sigh of relief. Where on earth did we come up with the notion that we need to do all these things to have a relationship with our Father? It must pain Him to see us putting this enormous pressure on ourselves in an effort
0: to connect with. Like any good father would, he pleads with us to relax and simply know we are loved because of who we are, not because of what we do or don't do. Brothers, the so-called standard we are living under is a
1: lie and it is unobtainable. It's like a high jump bar that is set 50 feet high. No matter how much you train or how hard you run, you are never going to hear it. You can be sure eventually you will hurt yourself trying if we are going to ever let it go the time is now the checklists need to be abandoned so we need to line ourselves standard to our fathers which is we are
0: his sons, are his sons. We, we are his are sons. sons we are his sons whether we do or don't do we are his sons and he loves us we are, are his sons and he loves us we, we, are are his his sons. Sons. we are his whether
2: sons whether we do or don't we, do. we are his sons and he
0: loves us. Could we just stop? We just stop? We are his sons. Take a deep breath love. for a moment. Let we are his sons. Yes. And he this loves us. He pleads with us to relax. To simply know.
2: We are loved because of who we are. Our Father. We are his God is God. Our, father. our Father. Our father. our father. Our Father. God is
1: our
0: Father. Let Let that God is our Father. We are His sons. Well, we're aiming toward uh, a solution. At the end of the uh, writing, Ben, you you mentioned uh, you use the term the true standard. So let's talk about where we can go as men with trying to find a solution to this problem about uh, about the standard that's embedded, this code that we have embedded in us to never doing well enough. So uh, you're right that we need to stop, take a breath. We need to think about what it is that changes everything and you say that is it's our relationship with our father so how does God feel about the standard we carry how does God feel
1: step back for one moment and and what you just said there stop and take a breath when was the last time (laughs) we did that even right now even through this podcast like it's a struggle right Right. because your mind is going Mm. we're talking about all these different thoughts it's hard to pause just take a breath and then if we can kind of reangle our whole image of, of what's happening here or our relationship with God as our father and really stop and reflect on that, I believe it starts to change the conversation a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yes, maybe there's been guidelines that have been given to us to keep us on track, to give us lives that are going to be bountiful and, and like a father, that's what God wants for us but also like a father. And, and Daryl's mentioned it a couple of times here about you know the story of the prodigal son. I believe our father is telling us just stop for a second. I know if I put myself in the shoes of the father, right, which, you know, I have my own children, it would devastate me to see them scrambling around like we do so often in a means to try to meet my standard to be loved by me it's just it it would just it would put me in an awful place to see that i think there's a reason that the word gives us this imagery of father and, and sons it's for that reason right there is that our father is looking down to us and saying look i want these good things for you i want you to do these things because they're going to increase my family increase my kingdom but if you don't hit them all and you don't do them all it is okay
0: so there's mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what about this standard? If the standard is a lie, you know, the question comes, where's this standard come from? Does it come from the enemy? Is, is it a lie? What do we do with this lie? It's been embedded in our hearts. Uh, what must we do? I wrote down three words, reframe, reshape, renew. We have to stop believing the lie. It's been embedded in our hearts. So where do we go from there? I think dropping our guard is, is something that we struggle with as men.
1: Often, and, and maybe we've been in a situation or we've given these words of advice to somebody when they're going into a big test or they're going into a big game that they're, they're going to be needing to perform in. You see that individual with a lot of stress on themselves. The words of advice that we give, it's relax. Take, just calm down for a second because we know if we can calm down that person or we can be calmed down, we're probably going to end up performing a bit better. Sure, there's a bit of like healthy stress and tension that makes us perform, absolutely. Um, But I think this whole idea of dropping our guard is something that um, we struggle with as men. And I think um, if we're honest with ourselves, I don't know that many of us could actually come out and say who in our lives that we can actually drop our guard in front of and be Mm. vulnerable and weak. We have the opportunity potentially with our father here to do, do that. Um, Back to your question, Dave, I think it it comes by renewing our thinking of the whole relationship that we have, right? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Ben, if if
1: anybody is listening to our conversation
2: and they take anything away from the standard, what I would like people to do is just stop, don't worry, relax, know the most basic truth of all that God is our Father, we Mm -hmm. are His sons. Mm -hmm. He loves us, He will take care of us no matter how badly we screw it up. There's great comfort in that and great difficulty in accepting that because the reality is we know in our hearts we're not worthy, but he still loves
0: us. Reminds me of the biblical word, long-suffering. There are some things that the Bible tells us to do. Just What you're saying, Daryl, is true. God is that patient, loving father of the prodigal son. He's long-suffering. He understands our hearts and our minds and loves us. And, and helps us through the help of the Holy Spirit and his word. Finally, let's remind ourselves of the real standard offered by Paul in Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. There is a transformation that is going on in our lives. Daryl mentioned the circle with the dot in the center. That reminds me of renewing the image of God in our lives, growing in Christ-likeness, and that God helps us by transforming us into a new creation. And that's a process of changing the way we think, changing away from the lies to the true standard God has for us, love and truth. Any final thoughts, Darrell Ben? I think if we're
1: able to realign ourselves to this new standard that we're talking about, uh, He's our Father, we are His sons, if we can truly embrace that, I think it's a game changer mm-hmm. it will actually drive us to do more in our faith. It'll drive us to chase after the calling, go into those building sites that we've been talking about, do these things because we go into them and we, we go on these missions knowing that we can fall back on him, right? We can fall back on our father. He's gonna be there to catch us. Maybe there's gonna be some consequences to some of our decisions, but he's on our side you know, again, some of the prior conversations, he's our corner man, and he's going to be the one that's kind of rooting for us on the side as a dad. Think of a dad on the sidelines of a game when his kid's out there playing. The kid wants to perform, not because he's, you know, worried about if he misses the shot that he's not going to be loved. He wants Mm -hmm. to perform because he wants to look over at the sidelines, see his dad there, and just, you know, Mm -hmm. dad's like cheering him on, right? It's that image. And I think... Mm -hmm we can really get into that image and really start to live our lives like that, we will do so much more than we're ever going to do with these silly checklists that we've been keeping. All the things we can do
2: and all the things we can fall short on, all the laws that you know are good and right and true that are to obey every single one. I love the way Jesus simplified everything. Life can be very, very complicated, life can be very confusing, life can get convoluted, and you you don't know what's going on, you don't know where you are, you don't know where you are in relation to that standard. Jesus kind of often sweeps all that away. He says stuff like, a new commandment I give you, just love one another as I have loved you. And something as simple as that, we can live up to. We can love one another, you know, to the best of our ability. That's something that should give us great comfort and
0: hope in the times that we're living in. So we are Daryl and Ben and Dave, and thanks for listening, men. Let's ditch the lies about the standard that's been embedded in our minds and hearts over the years, and let's remind ourselves that we are God's sons, and He loves us. And because He loves us, our heart's deep desire is to love and obey His true standard for sonship in the Bible we are his sons in Christ. We hope your heart is encouraged by this podcast and that you'll listen to all the Created Called Courageous episodes. For Ben and Daryl, I'm Dave Hall saying in Jesus you are loved, strong, and free. Bye for now.